0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, the podcast that houses a safe and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the dumbest takes on the world of WWE, AEW, the NFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna, welcome to today's episode, episode number 64 of this freezing cold podcast. And man, we got some things to talk about today because the 49ers went out onto the road into the land of all elite wrestling and put on a beatdown An all elite being the elite beatdown in duval county on the jacksonville jaguars yes that is right four Niners. this was no trap game for them they went out and beat up on those sad sad jags they tamed them and put them to sleep the jaguars slept in the night 30 to 10 that's what we're here to talk about In today's episode, in our weekly 49ers uh, recap episode of Very Cold Lasagna, we're going to be talking about the game, my winners and losers of this game, and my takeaways from the game, and once all said and done, we're going to be talking about next week's, week 12, big, big matchup, now it's big, against the Minnesota Vikings. So, before we get started, make sure you listen to the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, as well as Google Podcasts. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and turn on the notification bell and hit the like button um, so this podcast, this show, can get recommended to just about everyone. And as always, make sure you uh, follow the show on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. So let's talk about uh, this win by the 49ers. So when we were coming into this game um, in Jacksonville, we were coming off the heels of of uh, you know Niners' biggest win of the season on Monday Night Football against the LA Rams, thirty-one to ten. It was a total beatdown in the brightest lights of Monday Night. Remember last week, um, actually two weeks ago, when I mentioned how <laughs> the Niners were gonna get uh, massacred. They were gonna get destroyed on the on Monday Night Football in front of a nationwide audience. You know, Kyle Shanahan was going to get exposed for his conservative play calling. Uh, Jimmy G was going to get um, his ass showcased as the check down artist. Jimmy Garbage fail. Um, the defense was going to get lit up by Matthew Stafford, um, Cooper Cup, and now the addition of Odell Beckham Jr. Boy, was I wrong about that. <laughs> because the defense finally decided to show up. Um, Jimmy Ward, uh, the Niners' safety, uh, came back at a good time and intercepted Matthew Stafford twice. Got a pick six out of him too. And um, Kyle Shanahan put together a neat game plan of ball controlling for much of the game. What I mean by that is that you know they ran a lot. They did a lot of running plays, um, you know, to keep uh, the Rams off the field, and they let Jimmy G throw a lot of short passes to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, and turns out they all turned it into big gangs. Big, big chunk plays all game long, all of which made for a big win for a pretty decent schedule uh, the rest of the way, and that started in Jacksonville. Meanwhile, for the Jaguars, um, they were 2-7 and seven coming into this game. Um, they were coming off a tough loss to their AFC South rivals in the Indianapolis Colts in uh, Indianapolis. And this was a game for Jacksonville that they could have won. They honestly could have won this game because the Colts let them back in it. They The Colts could have easily put them away. They couldn't dispatch them. But uh, Frank Reich was like, nah, nah, we're, we're good with our first quarter 17 to nothing lead. So we're, we're OK with that. And that allowed the Jaguars to get back into the game eventually. And uh, they nearly could have won it. But uh, rookie quarterback, their first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he was strip sacked on the Jags' last uh, possession, which pretty much sealed their loss. So Jacksonville at this point is just looking for wins to inspire any confidence in their rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. So they're not a playoff team. They got a pretty bad roster. Um, Trevor Lawrence has no help. So Jacksonville is just pretty much looking for ways, um, to get a win for, um, Trevor. So even though, um, the Niners were coming in to face a bottom barrel team, you know, they couldn't take them for granted because this was a bottom of the barrel team that was pretty much competitive, um, for the last two teams, uh, the last two teams they played. They actually beat the Buffalo Bills, you know, and, A team that no longer has the lead in the AFC East. That now belongs to the New England Patriots. Thanks a lot, Buffalo. So the Jaguars, I guess, yeah, they actually beat the Bills thanks to the Allenception. Josh Allen, beating Josh Allen, the linebacker for the Jaguars, beat the quarterback. I'm Josh Allen. (laughs) It was pretty much that kind of game uh, two weeks ago. And then they were actually pretty competitive in the Colts game before you know, the talent deficit, um, you know, uh, came in to creep them into their demise. So in essence, pretty much it could have been a trap game in the land of AEW, in the land of all elite wrestling. So we get into the game itself, um, between this, uh, team, uh, this scrappy team in the Jaguars and the 49ers looking to get to uh 500 and even like, winning record in uh lame man's terms they need to get to um 5 and 5 you know to get uh i guess for people that um you know wanting to accept a, a playoff berth and you know a backdoor into the playoffs for whatever reason um they need to get to 5 and 5 in a very very chaotic um playoff race so we get to the first quarter Niners just get the ball and it was pretty much all 49ers in this first quarter because yeah just like on Monday night with the LA Rams, they pretty much held onto the ball for much of this quarter. Um, Kyle Shanahan was designing a lot of runs um, in the middle, which, I mean, yeah, it didn't work against um, the more quality competition. He was pretty pre- playing pretty conservatively, but here, since it's Jacksonville, since they suck so much, um, they were able to uh, run it down their throats. Uh, Jeff Wilson jr. Was the starting back because Elijah Mitchell was not able to play because he had a procedure on a broken finger um, Days prior so Jeff Wilson got the the nod and I think he did pretty all right. He did pretty um, okay uh, Trey sermon was also the the backup so both of them did okay here, but uh, it was Jeff Wilson's uh, show to run to start things off uh, nonetheless um, the Niners were able to move this ball pretty well. You know, there were no um, crazy things happening other than, um, you know, Jeff Wilson nearly fumbled away the the possession. But I think it was uh, Trent Surfield, he saved the fumble. So that was a heads-up play uh, by him. And then once the Niners got to um, the two-yard line of the Jaguars, um, they they stopped. They stopped being uh, persistent. So when it got to third down, Jimmy G, like, sailed a pass high to Jeff Wilson. But then at the same time, Jeff Wilson stopped running. He stopped running his route. He was like, oh, I need to stop here. And then, like, oh, I got to run again. And then by the time he ran it, it was too late. The ball already passed uh, where he needed to go. And both both of them cost each other a touchdown. So instead of taking a chance to go for it on fourth down, I don't know why Kyle Shannon did this, but he decided to chicken out and settle for three. And, you know, my initial thought was, you know, Kyle Shannon should have went for it on fourth down, even if they don't get it against a uh, Jaguars defense, a very mid Jaguars defense, um, you know, they could have at least put their offense well near deep in their own end zone. And, you know, the United defense had, uh, it's a defense that can pretty much put Trevor Lawrence into like the position of a safety um like two points pretty much so despite that lapse you know three nothing lead um the jaguars finally get the ball after what 13 minutes of the niners ball controlling <laughs> damn like three 13 minutes of all 49ers football that is insane that is a crazy amount of time uh, the niners were able to hand hang on to that ball so the niners were able to quickly take Trevor Lawrence off the field as soon as like you know they got it Um, you know you saw a lot of good heads-up plays by Jimmy Ward and then Nick Boza in that front four were able to generate pressure up front onto the first overall pick and yeah like I said they pretty much got the ball back as soon as uh, the Jags were able to you know get it their opening drive started so the 49ers pretty much got the ball back and uh, they ended the quarter with a big catch and run by Brandon Ayuk. Um, and Brandon Ayuk, I got to say, he's pretty much been sticking it to Kyle Shanahan um, <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Um, he's saying, F your you're, uh, damn doghouse. Like, I, I can prove to you that I don't belong there. And he's been doing it. He's been doing it. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain why in a bit. So we go to the second quarter. Um, you know, the short pass, passing and run game, you know, continue to be successful for the 49ers. And uh, like I say, it's not going to be going to be successful um, down the line when they face more quality competition. But I mean, Hey, it's working, I guess, whatever. Um, so Debo Samuel capped off this drive and um, he gets a 25 yard touchdown and it's becoming 10 to nothing um, early on. And later on for the 49ers next possession, um, Yeah, literally on the first, on the first play, of the second quarter for the Jags, um, they fumbled it away. And this was because Josh Norman and Jimmy Ward, um, forced a fumble on Jags receiver Laviska Chenault. Yeah, that is an interesting name. Uh, so the Niners quickly get the ball back and they turn that, uh, turnover into points. Brandon Ayuk gets a touchdown from Jimmy G, 17 to nothing, right out of the gate. So, This was getting out of hand for the Jaguars, but also benefiting for the 49ers. So the Jags later on, much later on in the quarter, uh, seemed primed to make it a 10-point game on their next chance. But self-inflicted wounds uh, killed them. False start, uh, bad decision by Trevor Lawrence to scramble it well, well, well away from the first down marker. And they had to sell for three. They just wanted to get on the board um, instead of, you know, trying to take a chance um to you know make it a 10 score game a 10 point game so it was 17 to three um by the time the, the half was nearly over but but the niners were not done there yet because they still had to run the two minute drill and they actually got into field goal range trey sermon got a big catch and run and robbie gold was able to get in his range and hit a big field goal twenty 23 49ers halftime lead so i'm like at this point at at the the first half you know they pretty much stole the first quarter away from the jaguars you know they ran the ball down their throats the jags were committing stupid ass uh mistakes on defense and also i forgot to mention this um one player um also got ejected um at some point on on the jags defense you know for you know, punching, I think it was uh Jaguan Jennings. Um yeah, some 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 dumbass got got ejected and um yeah that pretty much also hurt the Jaguars too. So the Jaguars are a very bad team and Kyle Shannon was just able to play his brand of football. His he was able to call his uh plays however he wanted. He ran the ball down down pretty much the Jaguars throats and Jimmy G was able to dink and dunk. Um, on a bad Jaguars defense that was also hurt again by the ejection um, During the game and they were th- able to jump to a 20 to 3 halftime lead um, So were they able to keep it up? Well, let's talk about it so the Jacks get the ball to start the second quarter, uh, the second half and right away just like uh, in Their first opening uh, half possession in the first half They have to leave again <laughs> The Jaguars have to leave again because uh, they can't do shit. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throws three straight incompletions and three and out very quick for the Jaguars. Um, and the offense burned even more clock for the 49ers. Um, because on the 49ers side of things, um, Trent Williams actually nearly got a big man touchdown reception. But Jimmy G, what are you doing? You, you got you to gotta hook, line, and sucker that thing for the big man. You got to let him loose. On that thing, and Trent Williams, yeah, they got a little bit of hop there. You gotta get a little bit of a uh, jump there, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so it's fourth and goal on the Niners' first uh possession of the second half, and this time around, um, unlike you know the 49ers' first uh possession of the game, the Kyle Shanahan actually tries to go for on uh, fourth down, and which is kind of weird, you know. I mean, after what 13 minutes. Um, in the first quarter, he, he didn't go for it. And now he wants to go for it on the, the first, uh, opening possession of the second half. I'm like, wow, why, (laughs) why now? Okay. But, um, I guess that didn't matter much because, um, they were able to punch it in anyway. Jimmy G passes it to George Kittle, 27 to three. And at this point, it's pretty much a done deal. Um, at least, at least going forward, because, it was pretty much the punting show. Uh, but there's some good things out of this. Nick Boza is pretty much going on the up and up, man. Three, uh, Two sacks on Trevor Lawrence, two big ones. And then we got to the fourth quarter. The Niners um, were supposed to punt. You know, Jimmy G gets sacked, um, and they had to punt. But Trent Surfield, uh, the 49ers' uh, wide receiver, backup wide receiver, makes a heads up play. And he pickpockets uh, a punt return uh, that Tavon Austin just like didn't show, decide to like pick up. Um, so Tavon Austin muffs a punt, and uh, Trent Surfield just goes ahead and uh, steals it from him, and he gives the Niners another chance at offense, and they turn that into three points. So it's thirty to three, and the Jaguars, for whatever reason, they turn that to thirty to ten because James Robinson decided to run that bad boy in at the goal line and <laughs> it was so this is so weird um like the backups were already in at this point like no one, like the, no starters except for Fred Warner was in there um but it was just weird um know, like the after the touchdown by the Jaguars like pretty much everyone was celebrating <laughs> everyone was celebrating the, that touchdown as if they won the game and Lawrence was like Putting his arm on Urban Meyer's shoulder, all smiling like, "Oh yeah, we got a touchdown. We got, we, we, we're, we're gonna win this game." Like, and it was like that kind of motion, you know. He's got his arm around his head coach's shoulder. It's like we're all good here. Yeah, we're all pals and buddies here in Jacksonville. We, we we're all elite. We're, we're all friends with the cucks of suck, uh, with Nick and Matt Jackson and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. Yeah, we're all good here in AEW land. <laughs> like, what, what kind of operation are you running here man so to close out this all elite blowout we do get to see a little bit of Trey Lance you know performing mop up duty but he did get a first down run to pretty much shut the door on this um, AEW blowout in the land of all elite wrestling so overall um, a pretty dominant win a uh, pretty dominant game by the 49ers um, that was pretty much sealed in the third quarter, but they dominated this game with ball control, good decisions um, for Jimmy G and uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, probably like the receipt the one of the players of the game. Uh, Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle also had good games. You know, even though that Debo and Kittle were shadowed all game by the Jags, but that created a windows for Brandon Ayuk to get open. So that was good for Ayuk as he continues to prove to Shanahan that hey. I, 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 you shouldn't have put me in that doghouse, dog. So Trey Sermon also had himself a decent game, you know, playing um, in relief of uh, Elijah Mitchell. But I can, I can kind of see why that they don't want to play him yet. But you know, you got you to give him more opportunities. Um, let him be active on game days. Uh, the defense also made a lot of big plays on a Jaguars offense that still isn't very good. Uh, but remember though, every like every good thing that's happening here. You know, you, you got to remember that they were playing the Jaguars, um, who are the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and yeah, we took advantage of many of their mistakes that the Jaguars pretty much shot themselves in the foot for, um, most of this game. So we got to just keep things a little bit in perspective here as we move towards the rest of the season. Um, especially when we face teams like the Seahawks who are imploding right now, um, the Falcons. the Falcons the Texans and even the Titans. The Titans are like like self-destructing themselves too. So just kind of keep things in a little bit of a perspective Um, because, well, yeah, what the Niners are doing for the last two weeks are good. And they're finally back at an even like five and five record. You know, they still have some things to work on too. And, you know, they got to make some necessary adjustments uh, for the more quality competition. But for now, um, you fans, can rejoice in the land of all all elite wrestling, but it is what it is. This was a good win. This was a really good win. So now for the winners and losers of the game. Um, my first winner, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know for as much as they rag on him, on him being Jimmy garbage fail and all that, I gotta give credit where credit is due, because uh you know Jimmy G, like you know for as much as uh I should be seeing more of Trey Lance. You know, Jimmy G has been playing much better um, than he was during the first half of the season. You know, he's being erratic, holding the ball on for too long, um, throwing a lot of turnovers. But for the last, um, at least last three weeks, he's only had one turnover, um, to be realistic with you. Um, And he's been taking care of the ball more. And yeah, he still throws the check downs and mid-chunk throws and always relying on the yards after carry by his receivers. He's been... Yeah, like I said, he's been taking care of the football. And no bonehead mistakes, no turnovers, you know. He's been playing, um, like, not really great football, not, like, good-ass football, but, you know, somewhat all right-ish football. You know, that not, like, um, remarkably, like, stunning. You know, I just – however, I also just fear that, you know, the football that Jimmy G has been playing lately – I just fear that you know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are gonna be like, oh, maybe he could, he's worth keeping around for another year. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like after this season, I'm like, we, we, your your main focus should be Trey Lance after this season, regardless of what Jimmy G does uh, the rest of the way. But for now, uh, Jimmy G's doing just fine. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, you know, I again, I really wonder why Kyle Shanahan put Ayuk in the doghouse. Because uh, this guy has been a big part of this offense for the last three weeks. Uh, he's been taking good care of the football. Um, aside from that fumble in Arizona, which wasn't really his fault. Um, you know, he's been doing well with his routes. Uh, running well. Uh, evading defenders. You know. He's he also, like, Jimmy D's, like, go-to option when Debo Samuel and George Kittle are being, like, covered as hell. And, uh, you know, Brennan Ayuk- you is doing well getting open when you know Samuel Kittle or anyone else is is being covered by the opposition so this 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 is good stuff I'm seeing from uh, IU so I'm glad he's being a back to being an integral part of this offense because yeah like this is good stuff I'm seeing from him now as for some of the losers um, again these are like just like last week these are all minor losers um, that I just want to see uh, things cleaned up. Uh, the offensive line. Um, they protected Jimmy well up until the second half um, where they just gave up two um, unnecessary sacks on him. And they let the, they let the pocket collapse uh, late. And that forced Jimmy G to like r- run it well short to set up uh, the last field goal of the game. So, you know, I know the game was already decided well then and there. But, you know, I just hope that they're able to protect uh, Jimmy G. Uh, when they face more tougher uh front sevens down the line, you know, especially next week. Minnesota. Like they have a like I mean, they don't have the most ferocious um defensive line out there, but you know, you gotta protect your quarterback at the end of the day. Uh K1 Williams. Um I know he didn't have a good second half. Um he kind of lapsed on a couple of plays and I don't know I don't know if it was him or oh no. I think it was Jackowski Tart. That committed, uh, pass interference in the end zone but either way um, I think there's just some things that uh, K1 Williams you know can clean up um, you know can get mentally prepared for as they prepare for a big game next week now sir for my takeaways uh, for the game you know we just got to keep things in perspective when it comes to the 49ers quality of competition the rest of the way um, it's it's good that they're you know, you know fixing things um, you know they're trying to develop strategies um to win right now but you know you got to remember um the the competition the quality of the competition they're facing um the rest of the way starting with this game it, it wasn't it wasn't great at all um they were playing the jaguars one of the worst teams in the nfl um they they were playing a defense aside from josh allen and miles miles jack everyone else on that defense sucks ass Um, And on the offensive side, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any help at all. So we have to keep that in mind. And then going forward, aside from the Vikings and the Bengals, there isn't really much competition the Niners need to worry about. I mean, the Seahawks, yeah, I mean, you you always have to worry about Russell Wilson. But even him, he's not doing well. He's not doing so hot either. Um, The Falcons. Like the the Titans just got, like I said they they self destructed this week against the Texans and uh, who knows what they're gonna be like in the next couple weeks despite you know having the on paper easiest schedule remaining and then speaking of those Texans huh, yeah they, watch out they they might be a trap team too so you know some of these wins may not matter um, come playoff time and some of these some of the things that are working now may not work. When it comes to facing the quality competition, what if they get into the back door of the playoffs? So, think like think less of the wins that the ers ers are gaining. So it's like kind of like quality over quantity when it comes to these wins. So another thing, another takeaway is uh, I think this formula of controlling the clock by Shanahan, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it, but. I'm just kind of concerned of how it's going to play out against the better competition. I mean, for now, I guess it works, but I mean, I guess I can't really complain about too much because hell, if it keeps the people, it keeps the opposition, uh, the opposing offense off the field and gets the defense tired. I mean, heck, it's not so bad, I guess. Um, And then last but not least, like I said, these wins better not mean another year of keeping Jimmy G, it's like I mean I like the dude um, as a person, but as a quarterback, um, you don't know which Jimmy G you're gonna get. Are you gonna get the good? Are you gonna get the good one, or are you gonna get the Jimmy Garbage fail? So, um, the wins that they're getting uh, with Jimmy G, or the wins around Jimmy G that you're getting, I just hope this doesn't mean another year of him, you know, prolonging Troy Lance's development. So. Hopefully that doesn't mean that. So overall, those, those are my thoughts on you know this dominant Week 11 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, they're a pretty shitty team, but hey, the Niners took care of their business. They didn't fall into the trap of this all-elite bullshit. They were not like, we don't give a shit about your cucks of suck. We don't give a shit about Kenny Omega, your flips and kicks and all that bullshit. Um, none of that all-elite Bullshit. none of that tony con man crap they, they weren't buying it they clearly were not buying it um so good on them um they also had a lot of good things going for them in this game um so can they keep it up next week well let's talk about let's talk about this uh important now important week 12 uh game against the minnesota vikings this is a matchup where for people that do care um, that you know I that's what that want to ride the wave I guess um, this is a an important matchup for the 49ers because um, between the 49ers and the Vikings this is a match that'll determine uh, the playoffs um, the playoff tiebreaker you know those standings uh, this matchup p- between the 49ers and the Vikings it's gonna go a long way to determine who gets in and uh, where they'll stand If any of these two teams um, get into the postseason. Um, You know my stance on this already with the 49ers. I mean, like I said, I shouldn't be thinking about postseason, but uh, here we are. And, And depending and the fact that, you know, this NFC and even the AFC, this whole playoff picture is a whole clusterfuck. Yeah, here we are. So let's take a look at this game in week 12. The Minnesota Vikings. Um, they have honestly been a very 50 50 team you know they're five and five just like the 49ers um, but a lot of their wins and losses have been in one score games um and that's because they have been in uh, a lot of nail biting affairs all season long they've either been from behind or they've been in overtime or they've just like they just win or lose because of their own self-inflicted uh wounds. They like, like Mike Zimmer either like conservatively coaches them to death, or it's something that just inexplicably happens. And some like not a lot of it in like unlike in the past, not a lot of it comes down to Kirk Cousins. Um, the only thing that I could say Kirk Cousins cost them the game with was week eight against the Dallas Cowboys where. He, he shrunk mentally shrunk so bad he got outplayed by the Cowboys backup Cooper Rush. But other than that, Kirk Cousins has been relatively productive for his team. He has he hasn't cost his team like the game other not that many times. So he's been pretty like passive aggressive, I guess you could say. So he's not like he's still kind of conservative but he's also pretty damn aggressive um when it comes to throwing the football you know taking more chances than usual um so i guess he's like looking over his shoulder (laughs) or whoever (laughs) the vikings have at quarterback but i guess he's trying to understand that um oh shit okay something's gonna happen if i don't um do something here in minnesota so i mean kirk cousins has been doing pretty well um I guess I I'd say better than years years past with Minnesota um and then Dalvin Cook I mean he's still a a good running back um I mean he hasn't been as effective as before but you know he's a running back that's still hard to deal with um second year uh receiver Justin Jefferson um he has been hard to um um target take take down um by the the opposition um, So he, he continues to be Cousins go-to target and uh, this should be a point of emphasis for the 49ers um, Adam Thielen, I mean he hasn't been as uh, targeted by Cousins and uh, he also, I guess it's also because a uh, defense is Target him mainly and not Jefferson Justin Jefferson um, So still this is at least now Kirk Cousins has two weapons on both sides Um, defensively, um, the Vikings pretty much have allowed, um, opposing teams to keep things close until the very end, because for all the things that the offense does, the defense just can't get in its own way. Um, they don't have the ability to, um, to shadow opposing receivers. They barely make enough plays. Um, their pass rush is kind of non-existent. Like, I don't, like every time I see, um... Uh, highlights of the the Vikings. Um, I don't see a lot of pass rush, like not many, in in this instance. So when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings, um, like I said, they have a five and five record. Um, they lost a lot of close ones to the Cardinals, uh, the Ravens, uh, but they did get some big wins um, as of late. They beat the the LA Chargers and SoFi, and they beat at home recently. The Green Bay Packers in a pretty much a big, big divisional game. Um, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers were, <laughs> honest to God, were battling out in a back and forth uh, duel. Um, at one point, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings, actually had a big lead on the Packers, but you know you never count out Aaron Rodgers. And um, when the the Vikings were down um, by one point, um, Kirk Cousins. Um, brought them back in it, retook the lead, and then when Aaron Rodgers tied it again, uh, Kirk Cousins brought them down to the field to kick the game winner. I mean, that's the story of the Minnesota Vikings this far. It's always coming down to the last field goal. So this is a team to um, beware for the 49ers. Speaking of the 49ers, they're coming off um, two big wins, um, two straight big wins um, in consecutive weeks. The blowout win over the Jaguars and... Um, an all elite big win <laughs> over the Jacksonville Jaguars and the land of AEW in Jacksonville in Duval County. Um, they took care of their business. They controlled the clock just like they did in week 10 against the Rams. They did again against, uh, Jacksonville. Um, Brandon Ayuk had another good game, um, getting open for Jimmy Garoppolo when, uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle were getting, uh, tightly covered. And the defense made a lot of big plays all over a very bad uh Jaguars offense en route to a dominating 30 to 10 win and uh Jacksonville. So despite two dominating uh wins by the 49ers, um, you know, this is a this is a test for them. This is a test for them to see um if this is gonna be like a legit a, a legit thing. Like, is are their performances against the Rams? And the Jaguars, especially on the de- on defense, is this going to be um, the thing that carries them um, going forward into the playoffs? First mention, I don't want to ha- like don't want them to be focusing on playoffs. Um, or is this going to be like or just those two, two wins like an aberration of you know those just those teams you know especially the Rams having an off day. So the Vikings big upset over the Packers. Like I said, this sets up uh, this Week 12 game as a big one. Um, probably going to be the America's Game of the Week on Fox. Um, it's not the Sunday nighter, um, even though with the high stakes. I mean, I don't really care which which time it's on. But this is a big game nonetheless because um, whoever wins this game gets the head-to-head tiebreaker in the NFC wildcard race. Um, yeah, things are getting crazy as hell in that race. So... It's gonna be an interesting one. Um, some keys to victory for both teams. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, you gotta lock down on San Fran's big three: Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. You gotta make Jimmy Garoppolo find other uh, places to throw that ball to, um, other than those big three. And you know, you gotta make them rattled. You gotta make them rattled uh, in the pocket with that front four. Um, you gotta shut down that running game, whether it's a uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, we don't know if he's going to be active, um, by the time of this recording. Um, we don't know who's going to, so we don't know who's going to be the starting running back, Whether it's Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, or even Trey Sermon. Um, Vikings got to shut down that running game because Kyle Shanahan likes to use that a lot, especially in those last two weeks. And he's probably going to use that going forward. Um, Kirk Cousins, he cannot shrink under pressure. Um, this is going to be a big time game. Not like, um, not even like last week. I um, mean, yeah, it was a big game against the Green Bay Packers. Um, cousins barely <laughs> beat Rodgers ever um, in his career. He's only beaten him uh, twice, I think, in 2018 at home and in 2020 um, in an empty uh, Lambeau field. So this was only his, uh I think it is only his third time he beat Aaron Rodgers. Um, so he cannot shrink under pressure uh, mentally in another big game um for green um uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. So he's got to follow up his success, you know, he's got to find pretty much just about everybody um and he's got to like make some good decisions um in this game if he wants his uh, Vikings to uh, beat a you know, a liners team that's, you know, building on some good momentum. Speaking of the 49ers, what they have to do to beat a Viking team that's been red hot as well. Um Nick Boza and Arden Key uh 49ers defensive line. They gotta get up to Kirk Cousins. They gotta get after him. Um they gotta get past a um, offensive line. It's been so so. Um so they gotta generate some pressure. Um tr- they shouldn't try to rely on the blitz too often. I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins is a stationary quarterback, but um he can some he could sometimes get that ball out pretty quickly. So I wouldn't rely so much on the blitz. But Nick Bosa and Arnicky are the key to um generating pressure forcing Kirk Cousins into mistakes and sacking his ass um they can't the secondary cannot give up any big plays to um uh Kirk Cousins favorite targets Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen because if they give any big plays any chunk yard plays um to Jefferson (laughs) it's touchdown city or like it's gonna set them up in the red zone and yeah they don't want that because It'll eventually set up Dalvin Cook. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, you got to contain him inside and out. You got to block any running lanes in the middle and pretty much contain him on the outside, trying to find that out route. So you got to contain Dalvin Cook. Uh, D.O. Samuel has got to find a way to um, break away from double coverage. Same thing with George Kittle because I noticed in the Jacksonville game, um, they were getting uh, shadowed a lot. And that's why uh, Jimmy G uh was going to brandon Ayuk a lot and i mean that's a good thing you know since uh so i have confidence in brandon Ayuk. um but you know like it needs to be all hands on deck for all the diners receivers in this one and last but not least you know just like last week jimmy g has to put up or shut up um and it's also just like kirk cousins he can't shrink under the pressure he can't get rattled by uh the vikings front seven um you just gotta make the good decisions and um not overthink anything So, those are my keys to victory, and uh, we'll see what happens in this uh, interesting game for the 49ers um, as they look to, you know, get a edge on the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC wildcard race. Um, You know, the Niners can beat the Minnesota Vikings now. Should they? (laughs) That's another story. I mean, yeah, I guess they should. Um, But, you know, again, I'm not sure if they they should be thinking playoffs um, because, yeah, I really want them to focus on Trey Lance, but here we are, like I said, in a very crowded NFC uh, and very clusterfucky um, playoff race. So uh, Anything can happen in the world of the NFL. But those are just my thoughts on this upcoming game, this big game uh, between the 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, let me know your predictions. Let me know your thoughts on what's going to happen in this game. What What do you think needs to happen for the 49ers to win. So let me know how, what you feel feel about that. But that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna, this recap edition uh, for my San Francisco 49ers. Let me know how you feel um, after two wins uh, for the Niners and a, a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars um, in the land of all elite wrestling, um, that dominant 30 to 10 win. And what do you think is gonna happen when the Niners face the Minnesota Vikings? Um, in a big week 12 matchup to determine who gets that tiebreaker edge for the NFC wildcard race. So let me know how you feel about all those things that we talked about on today's show. But that is it for now. Um, I am Dylan Lasagna, the host of Very Cold Lasagna, signing off on today's episode. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. Listen to the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you give the show a thumbs up on all platforms and keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports very cold in the fridge that's tasty as a very cold lasagna but also tasty like a spicy spicy one too anyway that's it for now until next time peace out